Okay, you two clapped at the same time for me, that which felt is great. So spiritual. That felt like a great way to just like set the energy of the conversation, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And then we I mean, must begin. Now right. we're in the same space. We're exactly. all doing the same thing. <laughs> uh, Obsessed. It's been so long since Jerome and I have been in the same space. It's been even longer since you and I have been in the same space, Michael. Right. Um, but that really did kind of, it opened up a nice virtual spiritual space for us. To Somehow, enter. it really did. I felt that. And, you know, I think that's the practice. That that's the power of, like, tradition and ritual and creating, creating togetherness out of non-togetherness, you know? So I love that. I think that's a great place to start. All right, all right. Welcome back to We Love That. I'm Kenyon. And I'm Jerome. And <laughs> hold on to your hats, darling dears. We've got a special guest. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Get ready to bloom. That's B-L-U-M-E, like you and also what me. Thank you so much. Michael Bloom is here. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um Kenyon, we have a guest. I'm <laughs> a I'm guest quite excited. I'm quite excited for today because we have a guest who who many of you probably out there listening have heard of. I'm just going to say. I'm just going to say that right off the bat. Um singer, songwriter. Well, actually let me not put names on you. Would you like to introduce yourself? Would you like to describe yourself? <laughs> Here today. Oh gosh! I mean, <laughs> just like as annoying as I'm already making fun of myself for saying this, but these days, just human. I don't know, just like human <laughs> slash maybe yeah. alien, but um, yeah, singer, songwriter, yeah. artist, um, human. Yeah, it's Michael Bloom. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel I am very much there with you in terms of like human but like even that sometimes i'm like is that i don't even know if that is the baseline like if we strip it all back like there's something even more than that that we strip it back to Mm. right right Mm. that's so true like because i think you know while i am human now i have been very much leaning into this energy of like my humanity is temporary like i'm in this body but it will end and i really am trying to practice leaning into and understanding myself as endless which you're right jerome humans aren't endless humans do end so that's a great that yeah damn you got me already one minute into this podcast i'm like i'm human you're like um is that really what you are though are you Mm, (laughs) let's question that let's dig into that a little bit you're right exactly you know i think I've been focused on being human because so much of what I think makes us human has been taken away from us, especially this year. Yeah. Um, but but even for for the last, you know, 500 years or plus, you know, certainly since like the creation, the, 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 the creation in quotes of, you know, the new world and the Western world and colonization and all that, I feel like, and the explosion of population, you know, that happened to, homo sapiens on this planet around 15, 16, 1700. 
You know, and I, I, I do wonder, have you guys read Sapiens? No, it's on no. my list to read. Okay, I read that during Kenyon's the reader. Okay. <laughs> well, let's not I read get that. <laughs> too hasty. So I, I, I'm not a reader. I can't identify as a reader, but I did read Sapiens during the pandemic and it fucked me up. Can you curse on this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Live your dream. Hey, Trust. Whatever you want. So, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like the, the biggest thing that I took away from Sapiens was the population of humans was kind of going along pretty steady for like mm-hmm. tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years of Homo sapiens being around. And then like in the last 500 years, it has just exponentially increased. We are the virus, you know? And I go back to that a lot, like how just like our whole reality has shifted, our whole way that our brain, our, our brains are not caught up with, with what's happened. And right. how do we address that? And do we need to address that? Or is this just, well, this is what it is now. Right. And for me, for me, what I'm experiencing in this human body, knowing that I'm an endless energy, for me, I'm realizing that I do need to address that. There are needs that I have that society as it is now and what, how I've experienced the soup of it all. There are needs I have that have never been met. Mm. There are ideas of love and, and, and understanding and accountability that have never been met. And I think those are human things and I, they make me feel good. And I'm trying to figure out how to cultivate them in my life while also being, you know, competitive or, or, well, I don't even know if I want to be, that's the question. Can can you be competitive on the market and have, can I, let me make it an I statement. Can I be competitive and uh, have peace because when competition is all you are and then I got to this point where I'm like, and I know I'm rambling, but. I'm no, this is up. good. I got to this place where I realized in the last couple of years that everything about who I was was about competition and winning and seeing that I'm getting a, not just a thumbs up from someone, but that I'm better than someone, that I got into Yale, that I got a blue check on Instagram, that I'm white, that I'm a man. You know, it's a lot of the same, I think, structures function there too. And it's like, well, who are you when you're not better? It's that Maya Angelou quote. Um, you know, and I'm not even just saying this just about racial justice, though I do think it's at play there. Yeah. It's about humanity in general, like who, and so that's what I'm, that's where I am in my life. I'm trying to understand who I am. Well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm in the process of realizing I have no idea who the fuck I am and coming to peace with that and realizing yeah. that the project of my life, of my life, not the next five years, the project of my life is figuring out who I am. And that is the best way to heal myself. And that is the best way to heal, I believe, the earth and, and our community in general. So that's where I'm at, to be honest. Yeah. Ooh. I saw this. <laughs> Kenan's bored. Uh, I saw this uh, tweet today that was saying... Someone was saying, you know, I not only like, am I not interested in like climbing a ladder and like becoming more powerful than others and like telling other people what to do, like as part of my job, like that is something that makes me unhappy. (laughs) Someone was like, you know, it's not just, oh, I don't want to do that. Or like, I'm not interested in that. It's like that this process, this like system of being in competition of being better than someone else of like ranking yourself above someone else is like a thing that is making me unhappy. And I Mm. really felt that when I read that tweet today Mm -hmm. and heard that in what you just said, Mm -hmm. just in terms of like, it it goes beyond like, Oh, I am not, I, I always felt like there were people who were 
you know, always on some like job search or always into some, you know, new about, I mean, just to drop some things in here. Like I, I looked up one day and like all the people that I knew were like, oh yeah, I'm going into consulting. And I'm like, I don't know what that word means. <laughs> or like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm going to go work at this bank. And I'm like, I don't, huh? I don't, I literally don't know what that <laughs> what that means. And it's like, it's not just that I am uninterested in it. It's not just like, oh, I don't want to like put in the effort to do that. It's like, I, the idea of trying to like parse that out and think about it makes me unhappy. Like that does not bring any joy to me. And that is what I want. I want the joy. Mm -hmm. But what's crazy is, Mm. uh, you know, at least in my experience, and I think in a lot of people's experience, we're taught somehow we're maybe even like gaslit into believing that that is the joy. Mm -hmm. That is the thing that should, that fills you spiritually. That is the thing that makes you, you and makes you whole. For sure. What, where did that like totally break for you? It sounds like, oof, Something like totally broke open in the well, last funny, I mean, season. Uh, it's funny you mentioned where did it totally break. I mean, there's a there's a lot of answers to that. <laughs> I think where that broke for me is there's, there's a few places. I think that this year, first and foremost, just of isolation and, you know, literally watching the mechanisms of, you know, capitalism and the world kind of grind to a halt. I think, you know caused the vast majority of us to slow down in some way or not and kind of reconsider and reevaluate. Um, I think I've, for the last few years, probably been on my own journey with some of these questions. Um, and I do think that just, you know, my relationship with God, as my faith has grown stronger, I, certainly some some experiences I've had on psychedelics and plant medicines, um, when you talk about breakthroughs, but I think overall this, the type, this type of healing that I think because of what I'm talking about for myself, frankly, is part of what I would consider healing. It's gradual, but, yeah. but, but yet yeah, your, 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 your question is good, Kenyon, because it something has changed. I mean, I guess pandemic, but it was kind of happening before pandemic. I think, I guess pandemic is kind of what brought it all out in all of us. For me, for me personally, I think I've, I've just kind of been, you know, I'm 31. I'm I'm reaching a point in my life where I've had some great experiences. I've had some wins. I've had some losses in the in the music industry. I'm kind of in it. I just left my record label. I'm thinking about um, my career in a new way. I'm strategizing. My sister's having a baby in a few weeks. My grandparents are all uh, in their late 80s, early 90s. So mm. I'm very much having this moment. And I think the other yeah. piece for me is I've been meditating, which we're going to talk about that too. And somehow all those pieces have come together in the last couple years, year and a half. And it has been a switch. It has been a big, a big switch. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I have to echo that this period of slowdown has caused a lot of things to come to the surface for me. Um, but also that, like that period of gradual shift, sometimes, I don't know, I'm, I'm discovering that like, there are intentions that I've been holding on to for a while that have been working on me and just now flowering. And like in your music, I often hear, you know, you, you're someone who's searching, searching, always discovering, always learning. And I feel like that's an intention that you've carried with you. And maybe that's just been working on you. And now it seems like a big shift, but you know, it's also that gradual part. Yeah. You know, I really appreciate that. I think you're totally right. And I think, yeah, 
You're, you're, yeah, you're right. It has been a long-term background energy of searching. But why did I want to search? And why do you guys want to search? And why don't more people want to search? So, well, now that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's something about... And not to, like, really delve off in a different direction, I think that they're, like... We recently on the podcast were talking about... um misinformation and kind of distrust of experts and distrust of whatever. And I think that there is something really reassuring and honestly really like adjacent to what we're talking about in terms of like, well, I just want to trust myself and like not trust anybody else. And I think Mm. that there's something in how we're talking about it. It feels like, well, let me trust like what feels good to me. And like, if something doesn't feel good, like I don't, you know, trust Get, get back into some of trusting your gut on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that there is a flip side of that that is, you know, shutting out the entire world. Like, saying, I already know everything that I need to know. And, like, my gut is everything that I, I need and I don't need to develop that at all. Right. Versus the searching. The trying to, feel, like, learn more and take in more so that, you know, you can actually kind of feel, oh, well, I trust this or I trust these people or I trust this kind of path as opposed to, like, I already have everything that I need to know and I'm blocking out anything that is unlike, you know, what I have have already come, become familiar with. And a piece of what I'm hearing you say, and maybe it's going to tie it back to kind of what we were talking about before, is we've created this culture where... There's no room for us to be wrong. There's no room Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. us to be bad because if we make a mistake, we are bad. You know, I'm not racist. I would never do it. I think I said this. I was. We were talking about this, Jerome, in our call the other day. And again, this this plays out in conversations on race. But the way I've been studying and thinking about it is that I, I I see a lot of similarities in general. You know, in relationship romantic relationships or um i didn't do that i'm I'm not that and it's this refusal to be that thing because then you become that's what you are and so you're not good you're bad and i think so much of somehow gosh another thing that i'm trying to undo along with this mentality of like you know distinguishment and, and my worth coming from you know people giving me a thumbs up or whatever award or whatever is it's just binaries, you know? It's just like this idea that, well, you know, because if I'm going to go up, okay, I'm going up, not down, right? It's it's this numbered, it's like everything everything is on this scale. And you can, I, I see it in my head. I see it in my head for singers and there's Beyonce mm. on top. And then, or, you know, I see, <laughs> you know, everything is this like line in my head. And it's like, I've been programmed yeah. to literally visualize all of it like that. Right. And... I just think we need to be okay understanding that we're we're golden and we're trash, as Henry and Lex, my my <laughs> yes. my, my Duke's uh, alum, always say. You know, todos yeah. somos. We're all gold and we're all trash. And you know, there's this often. I mean, this is like kind of the whole critique of the cancel culture thing. You know, it's like, and it's true. Like. Do we or do we not believe that people are good fundamentally when they come into this earth? Mm, I do. Right. We do. I do too. We here do. <laughs> but and so, like, to trust that, to follow through on that is like, 
you know, then you can't all of a sudden be like, well, here are the bad people. <laughs> right. It's so hard. It's so hard. I mean, right. I mean, I think it comes down to, for a lot of people, safety. Too. Like, we've got to make these these binaristic jo- choices and categorize people and places and things and experiences into this is going to keep me alive and this is not going to not keep me alive. And that feeling of unsafety motivates. I know that for me, that has like motivated me to, you know, need, need to categorize things and, and shut things out. Um, and I say that I'm doing it for my own protection and maybe that's partly why but sometimes if I never get out of that space, I get locked up in in the binary, in in the competition. Right. I, well, yeah. I al- Go ahead, Jordan. I also feel like there's a... That sometimes... I And this is a, another way that the binary gets put on something, but, like, I think that's something that is good for many or good for someone else, like, doesn't have to be good for me. But I think that there is this sense. So I often think about like, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to talk to that person as much. Or I'm not going to follow this person on Twitter anymore. Or I'm not going to like listen to this person's music anymore. Because what they are involved in is like not what I want to be involved in. Is not like what I want to be bringing into my life at this point. And I think that people look at that and they say, oh, well, you know, can't they grow from that? Or can't they, you know if they've done some bad thing, doesn't that mean that, you know, they can be redeemed from it, whatever, like that's bad, that's cancel culture. I think that, you know, not everything is for everybody (laughs) and that that is okay, you know? And I think that that's another, like when you say, oh, that's not for me in a world that only sees binaristic good and bad, then that world is going to interpret that as, oh, this is bad. Like none of us are supposed to, no one's supposed to like this and everyone's (laughs) supposed to hate this because you've decided not to glom onto it as well. That, you know, and then that's where that trip up begins to happen. Um, but it yeah. is like, it, it is so much more, there's so many more reactions to things than just, if I don't like it, then all of my friends are not allowed to like it. And everyone who like likes me, therefore has to not like that thing or that person. And that's just not, that's too simple. Deeply. I agree with you. That's one that, I, that, I'm, that I'm struggling with. I struggle with on in so many ways, this idea that, well, I don't like this, but this person does. Is there something wrong with me? Right. Or, or I'm, I like this and I'm putting it out and, and it's my shit and, and someone doesn't, a friend doesn't like it or I saw someone saw it on my story, but they didn't leave a comment. Mm-hmm. Well, does it suck? Right. I, I think it gets, where it really gets tricky for me is when it goes to like this question on, on relationships, you know, and the idea of like, I cannot be with this this person and I have beef, we have attention, we have some whatever. I need to, I know I, I need to take space from them. Fine. Is it is that ever enough or is the person who needs to take space necessarily sh- should we expect them to do the work so that they can tolerate this other person? Should we be able to tolerate all of us? Should right. we cuz I I sometimes talk about my meditation wanting to become untriggerable. I want to mm. be so good with myself mm. that nothing anybody does can bother me. Now, I, I, I question my own sort of white mask kind of privilege in that a little bit. Mm. But that is something that I, frankly, I'm working on. Like, I, I want to be untriggerable. I, I don't want to be, bo- I want to be unbothered. I want to not give a fuck. 
I want to be so yeah. good and so in love with myself that, you know, it doesn't mean I want to be a dick, but <laughs> does that right. make sense? Um, I hear, absolutely. I hear, yeah. When you talk about being untriggerable, I feel like that, that um, I, I kind of love that in the language of, like, that's language of the day. Like, that's language of the now when people talk about being triggered. Um, and, but it also feels like it calls back to what you were saying before about healing. Um, and Absolutely. that being something that you're centering right now. And I don't, I don't, I don't know how you're thinking about being untriggerable, but in my mind, I immediately connected those two things as being like, how, how can I get so good at, and fast, fa- facile at, at healing when things do come and maybe, maybe they don't, you know, trigger me, but maybe they do pass into me and there is something that needs to get worked out. But how do I get good at managing that, turning that around, passing that out of me? Um, okay, well, I guess I'm, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, <laughs> Get literally, Kenyon. That was so beautifully said. Yes, I love how you just said that. That I love that. No, that's what I'm working on. Exactly that. How do I get? How do I practice healing so that I can heal more? There's so much. We all are so broken. We all need to heal so much, you know. So like, let's make that a center of what we're doing, and let's make space for that and resources for that, and yes, hold space for each other to heal and like normalize healing. It's like, hey, you're fucked up. Duh. That's not the important part. Of course you're fucked up. We're all, duh, right. hello. Have you looked outside your window? So <laughs> let's heal. Yeah. It's really so simple is what's so crazy. But again, it comes back to this thing where we have created this, I, this myth that there's nothing wrong with me. Right. And it manifests all, you know, all kinds of different ways. You know, I don't, I don't need therapy. Stigma on therapy. You know, um, I'm not racist. Um, you know, I would never, you know, all of it. It's, it's, it's like, no, look around. Like, we're all part of this bigger context mm. that is crumbling and sucks and is horrible. You personally are not the cause of it, right. but you're part of it. So let's all fix it. I mean, even to get back to the sapiens of it all. The sapiens that- of it all. <laughs> That, I mean, to me, fundamentally, it's like, you know, homo sapiens sapiens are, homo sapiens are not the only, you know, humans that were around. We're the only mm-hmm. ones who have survived into today because mm-hmm. we're the ones who are like, oh, we got to work together. Well, let's team up and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll look out over here and you go get the food. And, you know, we have to figure out how to team up and work together. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that now... Anyone is like, oh, well, I'm the individual. Like, <laughs> I only have to look out for myself, and I can do it all myself, and I don't need anybody's help, and I don't, I'm actually unaffected by the rest of the world. It's like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, <laughs> where does that come from? Like, that, nothing about that is rooted in, like, how we as a species biologically, like, have gotten to this point. Mm-hmm. But also, like, nothing about that makes sense in the day-to-day. It's not who we are. Right. Ooh. I, yeah. I mean, in that way, I feel like I, I can speak for myself. I have lied about my own self to myself so many times about mm, who, sure. I, who I am and who I think I am. And the, ooh, I mean, talk about healing. The self-forgiveness process that I feel like I'm in right now, just forgiving myself for, being, for lying about who I really am. Mm. Um, is tough 
and yeah. long. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and maybe this is a maybe this is a transition into into meditation, and that feels like a practice of of making space of of centering healing things that we've been mm. we've been talking about. I would love to to hear what that has been like for you so far. Yeah. Well, I started meditating kind of maybe two or three years ago. I just started on Headspace and I did kind of a 10-day free trial thing. Sure. And then I kind of worked up and I was doing 15, 20 minutes a day. But then it would be on and off and months would go by and I would stop and be back and forth and whatever. And that was kind of my pattern for a bit. And then when pandemic hit, I really committed to it every day. And I've kind of just been on it every day since then. And it has definitely been part of how I've made it through you know, the pandemic. I think for me, gosh, I'm still, I mean, I am a novice meditator, but I, I'm, I, I am, I am affirmatively on my journey and it's, it's so relevant to what we're talking about. It's like, it's literally practicing who you are without any of the feelings. It's realizing, it's really tapping into what we talked about at the beginning, that we are this energy that is forever and you know, it's it's not I am angry. It's ang- anger is arising, you know? Mm. And it's tapping into the piece of, of your quote-unquote self that sees those emotions. Because there really, I mean, there really is no self. Like this this ego that we've, that our brains create is, mul- is all the different parts of our brains processing together and they create this sort of thing that we as a being interpret as like me. But it's all the different, it's so many different pieces. There's the piece that's telling you you're hungry is actually a different piece that's reminding you, hey, the paper's due tomorrow, you know? (laughs) Right. And it interrupts you because it's just kind of, it says, well, this is more important. And all, no no one of those things is the self. They're they're this collective that comes together. And meditation is kind of, for me, has been practicing seeing all of that as distinct from quote me you know observing the feelings letting them come and seeing them so there's the anger it's there there's the there's the joy as well and that's something i'm wrestling with is how we apply this to positive um because you know the ultimate like buddhist monk vibe is like no we don't it's not just anger is there put it away it's also joy is there okay don't yearn for joy though like mm-hmm. let just the joy is in the being the joy is your existence your and and, and, sure. and it's, it's like it's like calculus and you have to get the derivative and this one the, the little infinitely small <laughs> slice you know what i'm yeah. saying I yeah. it's like i think about it as how do i how do i be in the smallest slice of time i can slice myself into and feel myself there and the practice of feeling myself there and being there um it is slowly, slowly over hopefully probably decades going to help me, I think, eventually be able to actually become healed or unsugarable or awakened or enlightened or whatever word so many cultures and people have used for this state that I think meditators around the world for thousands of years are trying to reach. What is your meditative practice? Like, what what do you do? Right. So I sit down... Um, it's been a little tricky because I've been traveling, but when I was in Harlem, not doing it, just in terms of where I do it, I meditate every fucking day, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's been a piece too, like the ego around meditation. I meditate now. There's like that whole piece, and I'm like, bitch, shut the right. fuck up. Why are you on this podcast talking about meditating? Just shut up and meditate. <laughs> I really feel that. I really, that really piece. feel that. There um, is that piece. So yeah, basically, I try to do it in the same place, but if not, if not, usually on a couch or a chair. 
And I just put on a timer for, um, I'm doing 40 minutes now. I'm trying to work up to an hour. And I, I've, I'm, I've read a few book, books and guidances over the time, but I just do a raw dog, just no guidance, no nothing. But one of the techniques that I've learned that I do is kind of, well, there's a few things, but I'll summarize. I start with like a scan of everything around me and just try to like identify all the sounds, feelings, the sun, the light on my skin, and just really kind of on the outside. Then I come to my body and I kind of do a body scan, starting with my head down to my feet and back up kind of in my body. And this whole time, I'm also bringing to my attention my breath because meditation is about balancing your attention and your awareness. And it's kind of like I think about it as attention is the thing I'm focused on right now, which is you guys, but I'm aware that Raph and Henry are in the other room talking and I hear them. I don't hear what they're saying. I'm aware that this light is on. I'm aware of so much, but my brain is going back and forth, but I'm talking to you guys. So I bring my attention first to the room, then my body, then to my breath. And then I bring my attention to very specifically my, the sensation of my breath inside my nose. And that becomes my meditative object. And I am, right now I'm, trying, I'm using a technique called connecting, where literally I'm just trying to focus on the feeling my breath comes in my nose and then pause and then comes back out my nose, pause, back in my nose, pause, out my nose, pause. And the connecting piece is not just being aware of which cycle you're on, but it's, it's sort of a game for your mind to stay focused. But was that a long in-breath or a short in-breath? Longer than the last or short? I had a long in-breath now. Then I had a short pause on top and then a really slow out-breath. Then a long pause on the bottom. Now, inevitably, as I'm doing this, I'm thinking about whatever the fuck I'm thinking about. Sometimes yeah. it's what's called a subtle distraction which is like, it's there and I see it there, but I'm still in my breath. And it's kind of like how I'm talking to you guys, but I'm also making a beat on my knee right now. I can do both. My brain can go back and forth. But if it becomes a gross distraction, that's when it fully takes over. And I sort of, the breathing part goes to the back of my attention, um, excuse me, of my awareness, or even totally fades away. And the moment I remember that I forgot, I bring my attention back. And sometimes it's really peaceful and I can really reach... I'm beginning to have moments where I'll reach a state for 25 seconds at a time before I'll space out, before I'll forget again. But in the moments when I'm focused on my breath and my nose, just the right amount where I'm not gripping it and focused so much that if there was a fire burning behind me, I wouldn't even know. But I'm focused on it, but it's relaxed. And I'm also holding all the awareness of what's happening around me. And I'm also in my body. It's like this perfect balance. It's kind of like vocal technique or bottoming. It's like you just have to let go just enough. It really is all the same. Meditation, singing, and bottoming are all the most spiritual things that I do. They're all the same for me. They're opening. They're they're your body, spirit. It's, It's crazy. Moments, though, of that equilibrium are, are very mm-hmm. powerful. But then I, have, then I have fucking sits where I, like today, I sat and I just absolutely could not quiet my mind. Just, she was just chat, 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 chat. And that's okay. That's okay because it's about the sit. That's, I'm rambling. No, no, no. that's so fascinating to hear about. Um, Kenyon, I want to ask you, I want to put you on the spot a little bit because I know that you, <laughs> yes, you, um, <laughs> Goodness. I know that you, you, I y'all are the meditation girls. I am not the meditation Man. girl on the podcast today. Um, I need to, yeah, you, I want to know all about your practice. Do um, you have a practice? I do have a practice, um, and it was something that I kind of stumbled into. Um, meditation was always that thing, kind of 
very similar to what Michael just said. Always that thing that like, you know, I've been like, oh, meditation, that's good for you. And, you know, I'll do that sometimes. <laughs> and it became kind of like the panic button. Like, ooh, it's finals and life is crazy. And let me, I'm like going to break down. So let me go and meditate. And in the pandemic, more and more, I started to need, I started to need that. Um, and so at some point I was like, well, let me just, this is just going to be like brushing my teeth. This is going to be like eating breakfast. I'll just do this because it's, it's part of staying healthy. Um, and I kind of bounced around different apps for a while. Um, and then now just, just putting a timer on and going. Um, raw, raw dog is what I call that. Absolutely. <laughs> and it was at that point it was at that point that I actually messaged you, Michael. I have no idea if you remember this. Yes, but about the book that I got. Yes, yes, yes. So and I'm yes. now reading that same book, The Wait, Mind girl. Illuminated. Girl. Yes, yes, yes. Girl, how club. was your experience? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how was your... Okay, so I'm still reading it, girl. I'm taking same. it slow because I'm, I'm on stage... I just read stage four, but I'm really stage three, I think. Like I'm out here in two. So how do you really the, know what stage book? you're at? <laughs> what, what is the book? What's the... <laughs> What no, book is it? no, actually, Michael and I just took the podcast. We're running. Peace, Jerome. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm in the dust. Uh, it's this book called The Mind Illuminated. Um, and I, I mean, I, I literally ran across it in Michael's Instagram story one day. And I was like, this is about meditation and I like it. So I have to start reading it. Um, and I, I'm really, I'm really glad it's, it's fascinating to to learn about the mind. Um, it's written yeah. by a meditation practitioner who's also has a has history in neuroscience. Um, so it's right. kind of like giving different different sides of the same coin of consciousness. Um, it's fascinating and it's also frustrating realizing that I know so little about this thing that is me, <laughs> and that. That, you know, not that this is the end-all be-all book, but just that, like, wh why don't, like, in school, how come I don't learn about, like, m awareness? Like, how come I don't learn about, like, focus? Meditation or... should be required in U.S. curriculum starting at age five. Like, across the board, every school, every American, every student across the world should be meditating from the time that we would have peace. We would have a different society. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just feel like I'm learning about, like, me, like we've been saying this entire time, like, me just being, this is a way to to connect to that. And I'm like, oh, well, how come it took me 24 years to start learning about this thing that I've been all this time? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I am, um, I mean, it's so interesting that you bring up school, because I have never really made this connection before, but I listening to both of you talk about meditation, I went to a Quaker school for a long time. Um, and in Quakerism, I, they have a thing called meeting for worship, um, where instead of, you know, it is a Christian denomination, but instead of like you go and there is a preacher who gives a sermon, there is, and you know, you read from the Bible and you sing hymns, whatever. You sit together in silence. And as people feel moved to speak, they will stand up and share. 
Um, and it's right. kind of hinges on this, like, there is that of God in everyone. And so there's a lot about, like, at least in the version of Quakerism that I was taught at this private school, that uh, it is about, you know, waiting until there is something that that compels you, that impels you to to share something with everyone there who is who is gathered. Um, and so for 10 years of my life, I went to meeting for worship once a week. Like I would, we would sit in silence and anywhere from, you know, when we were little kids, it was like 20 or 25 minutes or something. But in high school, it was like 45 minutes and we would sit. And what I'm specifically remembering, there's this like one class that you take in seventh grade uh, called Quakerism and the Arts. And we did this one practice one day that was um, like to prepare yourself for meeting. And it's like you're sitting there and the I, you imagine that your body is filled with sand and then that there's like a hole in the bottom of your heel and that all of the sand like, <laughs> and you just feel all the sand. <laughs> Michael is gagged. Well, that's you meditation. Feel- that's meditation. I know. As you were talking, I'm like, wait, I know this. I've done yes. something to this. So just for I am Shout out to now- the Quakers. I'm thinking about just like, you know, having had all, and it's something that like, I have always wanted to go back, like that it both is this like inward experience of, okay, how do I like pay attention to what I'm thinking about? And it was this great time to like, you know, of course, when you're in high school, it's like, God, I have like, I'm, I really have to figure out my feelings about that boy. Like maybe I'll think about that <laughs> during meeting for worship this week. And uh, so like, that was great. Like it just is this great time to be thinking about yourself as well as like, it is a communal thing. And mm. sometimes people will, you know, sometimes people share stuff and it's like, okay, that didn't really speak to me today. But sometimes you get these meetings where people share stuff. That's like, Oh my God, we've really come to something together out of silence here in this, wow. like just sitting in this room together. Question. And so the, the people can talk whenever they want, or is it at the end of the 45, then it's talking time? You talk whenever you want. So the so 45 is peppered with various people's yeah. thoughts. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I just had never connected that to meditation until you just <laughs> talking about it. And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, absolutely. That, right. you know, that is a meditative practice. Yeah. That's, that's dope. Ah, uh, I love that. And I feel like, there, I feel like for for myself, I know at some points, and for other people probably out there, like meditation sounds like that thing that like only certain people do in certain places in certain positions and like is very specific, but it can take many forms. Um, people people do walking meditations, meeting for worship, like you just said, sounds like a meditation to me. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I, I I I hesitate to say that anybody should do something, but like. If you can find the right. time to to meditate, whatever life looks like for you, I think it might be good. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 absolutely unparalleled for me in terms of um any spiritual experience I've ever had. Yeah, I had a very um, very beautiful and intense mushroom trip in. October, at which point I had been meditating every day for more than six months, you know, since the pandemic started, I guess. And um, 
the trip was really beautiful and really grounding and really a reminder of my mortality and my death, which is something I'm thinking a lot about in terms of all these conversations and my decaying, beautiful, living body. Um, yeah. And honestly, one of the main things that I got from the trees and from the mushrooms also on that trip was, hey, girl, mushrooms are cool, but honestly, meditate. Mm. It was deep. It was deep. Like, it was like, cool, like, for sure, do mushrooms, but, like, keep meditating. It was, it was So that was kind of, honestly, that happened in October. And so even now it's January. Even in the last three months, actually, I've... It's just like I feel like the universe... It just keeps telling me to not just meditate, but keep listening, you know? And it's yeah. like, if we put our antennas up, the, the signs are there, you know, to remind us that we're so much more than Yes, bodies. yes. Yeah. So much more than human, as Jerome, you pointed out at the beginning. I feel like there's a connection right there when you talked about putting your antennas up, listening um, to, to creating also. And even back to what mm. Jerome was saying about meeting for worship and having having a collective meditation experience or even collective healing experience, call back to earlier, earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when people volunteer what they are hearing inside as like as a as an expression of themselves, like is that creating and I don't know, how how is how does this filter into your creative process. Yeah, and and it's willing to be, yeah, yeah, and it's willing to be vulnerable. And it's the same thing we're talking about with the people that are un- unwilling to, you know, admit that they did something wrong, you know? It's, mm. it's, it's, because I'll tell you one thing, those people probably aren't the people who are making the dopest art, you know? I, I, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I, it's yeah. all the same. It's the willingness to be vulnerable. It's the willingness to see that you are fucked up and also infinitely beautiful and also infinite and also unknowable and endless and unlike anything any human has ever been ever yeah and it's scary and it's overwhelming and so people don't want to do that shit and sometimes i don't want to do that shit and that's the practice and 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 i do think yeah to answer your question a bit more specifically kenyan um creating to me is a meditation, but it's a, it is a different kind of meditation. There's something about, hmm, I've never said this before. This is, I'm thinking this out loud. There's something about when I create, at once I do feel that it's like God coming through me, but like, at least so far, I feel like my ego is involved in my creations. And maybe, wow, I'm really discovering this as I say this out loud. Maybe I want to be working on art and in my creative work in a more meditative way where I am less removed. I, I, in quotes, myself is less removed because meditation feels very much about removing myself. Meditation mm. feels like there is, I'm trying to avoid ego. I'm trying to, you know, move, remove, remove myself, not remove myself, but understand myself as separate from all the bullshit of the world. And it's hard for me to separate my art from the bullshit of the world. Sure. Mm, mm, mm. You know, because, <laughs> eesh, gosh, I mean, so many reasons. Because art is a product and, you know, art's been something that I've been rewarded for. And art's been my labor market contribution and blah, 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 you know. So what I'm realizing in this moment, actually, is I want my creative project to process to be more meditative, I think. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about 
music in particular, but art in general, that it is, there is no music that is not cultural. Like there's no music that does not right. have its own, you know, extremely specific context right. and place that it is born out of. And, you know, as much as we want to think that everything is like an aesthetic choice, that that is not, that is not the only thing that's true. I think that's, you know, part of what is true, but like any instrument or lyrical choice or, you know, language choice or mixing to or recording to all of that comes out of like it, you know, where are you and who are you and who's listening to this and how are they listening to this and how are you putting it together? And that, that all, you know, is intensely grounded in that, like, that is all corporeal, that is all physical, that's all grounded in in the world that we live in. And so trying to to think about, you know, it's that thing of uh, you can try to escape that and be like, you know, this is not, this has nothing to do with anything that uh, that's happening in the world, it's totally separate, or... You can do the opposite and say, well, let's investigate all the ways that it actually is so that none of it is like, I'm not accidentally bringing anything else in here. Or like, if I am bringing anything else into this, that I know that I'm doing it mm. um, or I'm trying to know that I'm doing it. But yeah, that I, I think that with music that people, I mean, I'm sure this is true for all types of art. I just happen to think a lot about music that I think that people really try to say, you know, there's a lot of talk about, oh, well, music is universal and it's the universal language. Oh, and oh, well, everyone gets it in the same way. You know, you can play the same song for anybody around the world and they're all going to get it. And um, I've been <laughs> listening particular to these music documentaries where people will be like, you know, this Stevie Wonder song is amazing. And I bet even Johann Sebastian Bach would agree. And it's like, would he? And also, mm, who cares? Mm -hmm. Like, what, what does that have to do with anything? Literally. Um, but it's like, you know, there it is not universal. It is extremely specific. And and we shouldn't try to take that away from it. Right. And that that isn't, you know, that doesn't make it bad. That doesn't make it worse that it's grounded in in, you know, the world that we live in. But it gets tricky because it's grounded well, in the yeah. it's, it's grounded in the fucked up world that we live in and the unjust world that we live in and yeah I mean it's I I I think one of the things I continue to struggle with though I I think I've really been trying to cultivate cl clarity on this you know is like should white people make art to be put on the marketplace. Uh, or at all. Um, and I, I'm at a yes on that question. I do think white people should make art if they want to make art. But, you know, that's sort of one extreme example of that question. It's like, especially music, especially just like as a, you know, person who makes pop and R&B music, everything I make is black. You know what I mean? It's, it's also me. And it comes through me. It's like deeply me but that then raises the question the well who is me i thought i said there's no self you know sure. so i i don't know i i on that mushroom trip that i had in october <laughs> i had an ex a, a very wonderful moment that i think is relevant to what we're talking about a, a clarifying moment where i was in the woods and i was looking at these trees and i loved the trees and i was talking to them kind of they were talking to me and i was having all these thoughts and i wanted to write them down and i had this impulse to run into the house i was staying at which was not maybe a minute and a half away 
to grab my notebook. And I said to myself, well, Michael, why do you want to get the notebook? Why can't you just be here? Why can't you just be here and experience this moment with the trees? You just want to get the notebook because Henry and Tori are in the yard and you're going to walk past, the, past them in the yard on your way to their house and they're going to say, where are you going, Michael? And you're going to say, I'm going inside to get the notebook. And you're going to think to yourself, yeah, because I'm an artist and I do mushrooms and get my notebook and write down my thoughts. And do you even want to get the notebook? And you just want to later on do a post on Instagram so you can fucking write, oh, here are thoughts I wrote down my, in, my, in the woods while I was... It's endless. The analysis right. is endless. Right. And this clarifying voice came in and she said, Michael, if you want to get the notebook, get the notebook. And I think that is something I'm struggling. I, I, I'm, I'm moving toward in my life. I've spent a lot of time analyzing and overanalyzing and questioning. And we should analyze and overanalyze and question. And also there needs to be a balance between that analysis and just leading with good faith mm. and being in the moment. Because there is some dissonance between being in the moment and analysis. I, I haven't figured out how those sit together. But if I'm really here, there's no analysis to be had. If I'm really here, America doesn't exist. Race doesn't exist. Gender doesn't. If I'm really here in this infinitely small uh, slice of time that we're talking about, yeah. I am just that energy that is so much larger than any of the shit that we experience in our material reality. Yeah, it's I've been thinking a lot this week about well, I've been thinking a lot this week about um <laughs> diversity, equity and inclusion. Uh-oh. And <laughs> that uh you know, I work at a private school and at a private right. school a lot of that gets boiled into like well, here are the quotas and here are the numbers and like here's how we're going to make sure that we're doing a good job and like you know, we have to hire this number of faculty and we have to program this number of artists, uh, composers that are not, you know, dead white men, et cetera, et cetera, down the line. And we come up with all of these numbers. And that that's, you know, like you just said, it's good to analyze. It's good to say, okay, well, how do we know that we're doing the right thing? And how can we check up on that? And how do we, how do we keep up with ourselves? But that the goal is not to say, you know, the goal is not to say, well, look, we did it. Or, well, look, we hit the number or we thought about the numbers a lot or we came up with all this stuff. Like the goal is something totally different. And we have come up with like <laughs> markers to get to that to that goal. But the the point of it isn't the markers. The point of it is that we get to be in that moment where it's like, oh, great. We finally don't. All that other stuff finally is out of the way. Um, And I think that we get so caught up in the like in the world of analysis, I think as we were talking before about like, you know, the types of worlds that we have inhabited where like competition is really important and is supposed to be a thing that you really care about. Um, we get really caught up in those, you know, material, tangible, numerical, whatever. Um, and that that is not the point. <laughs> like the point, like the point is something else. Right. And I think in that world that you, that I hear you talking about where we have reached that point we understand that everybody is infinite and everybody is unknowable and everybody is so much so much more and this i mean we're kind of i hear us talking about the push and pull of identity politics right like we need identity politics of course but also bitch like all of us are so much more than like Race, ethnicity, gen- will fill in your right. blanks. Like, bitch, I'm a right. whole ass human. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm infinite. I am unknowable. I am literally a galaxy of stars. And so are yeah. you. And so is everybody. Like, it's, oh, it's overwhelming. And that's why we don't want to talk about it because it's so much, but it's also so peaceful if we just allow 
ourselves to be. Mm. I think. I love no, this moment I that know. we've got going on here. I just have to say. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Michael, I want to ask you a little bit about, and you were kind of getting into this, um, and to use this as a way to segue into talking a little bit more about music. Um, but I am interested in, you know, you make a lot of pop and R&B. I'm interested in how you found yourself making that kind of music. Um you know, where where does that come from? I don't think that a lot of, well, this is, take this as as you will. I don't think a lot of people would look at you and see you on paper and think the type of music that you make. As in like, oh, this Yale grad and whiff and poof or whatever. Um, right. And think, and match that to if they just heard, heard the music that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to hear about what is like what is that origin story like yeah well i guess i don't even know what kind of music i, I know i i said <laughs> pop and r&b earlier so i don't know if you were <laughs> quoting me i did say that i don't even know that i would say i make pop and r&b music i don't know what kind of music i make anymore especially like the new stuff that i'm putting out is such a range but but yeah it all draw it all is in the american pop you know umbrella sure which Gosh, just comes from just my life, I guess, of influences. I mean, growing up when I was like 11 or 12, I discovered Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin, really, like specifically the two of them. And I listened to all of their stuff and bought all their records. And from that, it kind of expanded into the world of especially a lot of like late 60s, early 70s soul music and 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 also gospel music from that from that time there was just like a vibe yeah. in in that time of sort of yeah music of my mind and 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 Aretha's amazing grace album was the same year i think those were both 1972 like there was something happening i mean in vietnam you know there was there was like a whole hippie and consciousness mm. kind of on, not unlike the time we're having right now yeah anyways and from there i don't know just like being a kid being a 90s kid pop music and and then a cappella i feel like all the influences and have just kind of coalesced into some kind of weird pop, soul, electronic, Jewish, gay-ass, queer, you know, self-conscious, piano, sometimes driven. Hip- <laughs> sometimes we might have a little trap in there. I don't know, you know. Word. I'm not, I'm, I'm the worst at answering, like, what kind of music I make. That was <laughs> well, a bad that answer. Is- no, that 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 was a good answer. Um, and that question, I know this is not what drum that wasn't asked, the but, question. That wasn't but the that question. <laughs> that question of like, what kind of music do you make? When right. people ask me, I'm like, I don't even know. I don't write. What is a genre? What is, what is a, a like? Huh? <laughs> um, but I was I was really interested when you were talking about your early like picking up Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin specifically and being like, I gotta know more. Let me go out and buy the rest. What like is what? That? I don't. What are those know. early experiences for it's you f- with like creativity it, in that? Realm? I mean, honestly, I would have to. I would have to thank God for that moment because I do feel that is God, and that is like just like being fucking twelve and hearing Aretha, you know, sing like that, and just being like, "Fuck!" Like, what is this? That was, you know, that was an early meditation. That was an early spiritual. That was. That was, and I don't know what that is, and I don't know how to explain that. That 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 sound comes through the headphones to my little gay ass, you know. I, I mean, I do think, you know, 
there is like the 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 identity analysis of it all, which I'm a, I'm not that interested in. Which is like white gays love black queens because they're undeniably the quote strongest, which is you know loaded and fucked up too. But I, I do think there's there is that dynamic at play. Like I, I think I something about that. But I think what's more interesting and what's probably even the bigger piece is is God somehow. I mean just those those recordings just expose me to ah i want to just that feeling of 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 feeling human and feeling connected and you know and I, I i sang and played piano at the time and i just i wanted to make that i wanted to create more of that feeling you know and i could or i thought i could you know, i was like 13 like trying to sing like aretha franklin you know and yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't really understand that. It wasn't in my house. My, my my dad loves opera. My mom listens to like, but I think a lot of, I mean, not that the, I mean, because what we're talking about here is the racial piece, right? Like why, why this, I think a lot of white people are drawn to specifically like soulful music because it's just the shit, you know? It's just, it's, it really is. And by the shit, I mean God, you know? But then later, later like rock and roll and all kinds of folk music and, and, and Jewish music too, like kind of over the last few years, I feel like has been more of an influence too. Sure. What has been, um, I, you posted on Instagram this cover of Lost One by Jasmine yes, Sullivan. Yes, Um And I mean, uh, can we just say Jasmine Sullivan? I mean, <laughs> she's doing what she's doing what needs to be done. Um, she's the one she's truly the one she's the one uh what over the past year have you been really into listening to feeling influenced by whatever honestly jasmine's album is probably the album of the last 12 months that i've had on like repeat in a way that i rarely have a whole album on repeat sure um I can't say that I've been that tuned into a lot, a lot of new stuff this year. I've been... It doesn't have like, to be new, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I always... I, I go back to... I, I go back to so much of the stuff, like some of my favorite Beatles records and Stevie records and the Aretha records. I mean, Amazing Grace, the, the live Aretha album is like mm-hmm. my anxiety album. Like if I'm just feeling down, like yeah. I'm so I listen to that a lot. I think Spotify told me that was like my most played or whatever, whatever, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Okay, I want to ask about your EP, When I Get It Right, because Mm. this is an EP that I love. Okay, I was waiting for (laughs) you to to ask this question. I almost (laughs) asked it for you, Jerome, because I knew you wanted to ask this. Kenyon knows, because I've been talking about it for (laughs) five years now. Um, I, okay, I particularly want to talk about How High which is a song that <laughs> which is a song that I play all the time. I love it. I want to talk a little I want to ask where that came from for you. Mm. Like where what <laughs> if if you can remember if right. that is a thing you can at all tap into. Where did that come from? I mean, I feel like that came from it's kind of a letter to some of my straight friends, I feel. Mm. And it's a note. You know, I went through this period when I graduated college and I was in my early to mid 20s. I was 
angrier than I am now about a lot. And yeah, that was a, that's a spiteful song. It's kind of like, it's an angry song. How high can you count, bitch? Like, I can't even fucking count to 10 and you're literally like, I can't even see how high you are, you know? Sure. And there were all these metrics I felt particularly, particularly around sort of family income, family outcomes, mm. um, you know, yeah. that continue to play out in my life. But thank God I've been shown some light and I've let go a lot of the things that I thought I wanted or needed to be legitimate or legible. Sure. Like traditional romantic love, hetero, whatever, the whole myth, Cinderella. Right. I mean, I hear in that song even a lot of... I hear you saying now that you were writing it from a place more of, of anger, but I mm. feel like it it ages well. Because I, I don't hear that out of it when I listen to it now. When I was driving to New Mexico, where I currently am, I listened to it. Um, mm. And more hear the, like, the rhetorical question of it, like challenging the 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 metric mm. thing that mm. we've been talking about challenging the competition of it all like mm. how high like do you think it's even real like wow yeah i guess right and there was some of that but yeah i love that read for 2021 <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no it is and it was do you think it's yeah yeah it's hard to remember i mean i as you mentioned i wrote that yeah five plus years ago it's it feels like such a different you know, at the time, I remember that EP, I think, on two, on two or three of the tracks out of the six, you know, had, like, explicit lyrics about sucking dick or whatever, you know. And I was angry, and I wanted to fucking write lyrics about sucking dick, you know. Yeah. And that was me getting the notebook, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a version now that wonders, you know, what really was the notebook there, you know? Was I doing that because I was spiteful and anger? How, you know, and just because you do something from a place where you're not fully healed, that's okay too, you know? The, yeah. the, the healing process is beautiful. It's not just the arrival point of being healed, which P.S., I don't think we're ever going to get to fully 100, but whatever, you know? It's aspirational, all these things. Um, you know? That album was forever ago. It's so crazy. I can't believe... I Wow, I'm just flattered that you guys listened to it. I really am. Yeah, I think that there's... I mean, even like you were just saying, that there's... Um, there are things that we come back to, and there are things that, like... You know, you, there there can be a song that you don't listen to for 10 years, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, what was that song that like used to come on the radio all the time? Mm. Mm. And then you like tap into it. Um, and uh, I think that when that album came out, it was the end of my first year of college. Um, and I, you know, I, I think that we build a lot of nostalgia around that time. Like I yeah. just like made all these new friends and I was in this new group and we were doing all this cool stuff. Um and it was the summer. And remember summer? Remember what summer was like? Right. Rest um, in summer. Because yeah. I forget every winter. <laughs> every winter I forget what summer is like. Um, and so uh, there is so much about... And even... I mean, as it has aged, even getting compare, getting to compare myself to the version of myself that I was listening to it at the time... Mm-hmm. Um, 
which, you know, I think is <laughs> true for, for all kinds of music, but I've got you here on the podcast. So I've got to ask you about this in particular. Um, I remember there was a, um, on the same, which is the last track on, on that EP. Out to the um, same. She gets no love. <laughs> okay, I'm well. Yes, everyone goes give the girl the streams. Girl, li- go to, listen. If you're hearing this podcast, go to Spotify right now. I'm maybe you guys are going to ask me to do a plug later. I'm doing it now. Michael Bloom, B L U M E, like you and me. Play a song. Play the same. Play another song after that, bitch, and do a share and a save. Period. Continue. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm, yes. An ind- I'm an independent artist. We need the, the audience to buy the yes. album. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. On the same, mm-hmm. uh, one of the lyrics that you sang on it, um, I'm scared that I love me too much. Mm. And I remember, I said this to Kenyon, Kenyon will remember <laughs> very well. Um, I heard that and I just was like, I can't even imagine writing that lyric. Like I was at a place where I was like, God, I would love to love myself even just a little bit. Mm. And hearing that and being like, what... What on earth? Like, what is the lived experience of this person who has who has written this? Like, what is that even like? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm interested in what. And it, you know, even now thinking back to that, at the time I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was like. I, I don't think I expressed it in that way. I think I was like, "Oh, this is ridiculous! Like, how can he write this lyric? Whatever! Like, how how, how could anyone say this?" And now looking back on it, it's like oh, I really was in a type of place to be receiving that in that way because now I receive it totally differently. Um, How do you remember writing that? Do you remember what (laughs) you were trying to do do. in in that? And how does that compare to how you feel about it now? And I think it ties, this question is so relevant to everything we're talking about, I think. Um, I think that was an early piece of this voice that has now you know five six years later maybe even seven years later i don't know when i wrote that become distilled into you know what we're talking about with this sort of questioning of the ego and realization for for me that truly my entire sense of self was built on to use a loaded term superiority um you know whether it was getting into the superior college or getting into the superior acapella group, you know, or any number of other ways in which I saw myself as somehow ranked above, you know, consciously and subconsciously. Yeah. I think that was an early, you know, I don't think I had the same vocabulary that I have today to describe it, but I think that was an early sort of inkling of some of this searching um, where, you know, I was also balancing it with... (sighs) this capitalism money-driven music industry where you know slash meme culture of like you know be you love yourself no one's gonna do it for you you go chase your dreams you're gonna get it you know and so i was also I, i was loving myself a lot and i was well i wasn't actually but i thought i was and i was feeling myself and i was obsessed with myself a little bit you know, and it's funny, this brings up a question that we've been talking a lot about in the house the last few days, which is sort of that line between conviction and delusion, you know? Um, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trump, Kanye, 
you know, Obama. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You know, what? what is it about people who just, you know, I, I mean, I, I at the time conceived of, I do believe that God is inside me. I do believe that God is inside all of us. I conceived of it in this way where I really thought in a different way that I was sort of special. I was chosen in a way that is not how I see it now. I do still think God is inside of me, but there was a, gosh, there was an ego piece to it. There was a superiority piece to it. There was a, um, you know, a prophetic piece mm-hmm. to it. Um, and that drove me, that, that pushed me a lot in the first couple of years in New York when I was kind of getting things going around my project. Um, but I think it also stood in the way of like actually beginning in a, in more earnest way, the meditative soul searching, who am I ego death thing that I'm now kind of beginning I, you didn't ask this, but am I still scared that I love myself too much? Um, that's so interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I have to think about that. I have to think about that. Wow. I mean, that, that question that you asked brings us, brings us to the present. And mm-hmm. I mean, can you, uh, what's the question here? I want to, I want to, the through line of that music to to the music that is about to come or even you know like some of your more recent stuff like lifting you and mm-hmm. um uh cynicism and sincerity um i don't know how the middle stages of the transformation mm-hmm. how how does that manifest in the in the music yeah 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 it it does feel like a middle stages and it does feel like a There's, there was more self-awareness and perhaps more self-consciousness, which we also have been talking a lot about the sometimes frustration or even tragedy of the self-consciousness that comes with self-awareness, you know? Mm. Somehow, the more I get to know myself, I don't feel as sort of fearless and do whatever and give no fucks. It's like, no, bitch, like, don't take up too much space. You know, like, be respectful. Mm. Like, you're not special, you know? But I am also special. And that's that's the equilibrium. That's the meditation right there. It's like mm. understanding that I am all those things, infinite, you know, unknowable, but also dude, you're just one fucking person, too. To answer your question more specifically, I think that, yeah, that was just like a middle part of it. You know, cynicism and sincerity. It was like, it was me beginning to understand multiplicity and beginning to understand that there is not an answer and beginning to understand that I don't know who I am and be okay with that. Yeah. What do you, you talked, you touched on this a little bit when we were talking about meditation, but what is the music that you're interested in making next? Like what is... So I have a lot of music that I'm, I have a lot of, I've been writing a lot the last, well, two years. Um, I haven't put out a lot of music because it's, it's been basically my, 
I recently left my label and I wasn't able to put out as much music as I wanted with them. And so I'm putting out a bunch of new stuff and um, I'm very excited about it. And I, 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 I don't want to give too much away, but definitely a lot of this conversation we're having today is what my music is about, what this stuff is about. Um, there's the first piece. I have a lot of stuff, but the first sort of chapter of new stuff that I'm putting out is um, very much about the ego death piece um, and the forests and the trees and the interconnectivity of all of us and just understanding that, you know, I just am that energy, that endless energy that it literally is you guys. We are the same, we are the same thing. We are the same organism as the tree, as the dog, like the oneness of it all is kind of the beginning, the beginning of this next batch of releases, but also the, the not knowingness of it all. Mm. That makes me that's excited. Hard. Am I answering the questions? I haven't talked about <laughs> no, music yes. in a long time. It's... No, that's great. <laughs> that's really exciting. I'm excited for, as I've been, you know, saying to anyone who will listen, I am excited about, you know, I think that, you know, people make new stuff all the time. <laughs> and that, but I am excited about the new stuff that is going to come out of this year that has been so different, that has really, uh, you know, been a catalyst for or inspired people for the first time or whatever to be thinking about themselves and what they create and how they create in a new way. Um, in many ways, forced them into doing that because, you know, it has interrupted all the other things that we're used to. Um, I know that for me, it just is like, <laughs> it's like, well, everything is different now. And so the stuff that I'm creating out of that is going to be really different. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just am excited to, to hear what, what that means for the next, you know, two, three, five, ten 10 years. Mm. Yeah, me too. Me too. One lyric comes to mind of a new song that I'll share with you guys, which is, it feels relevant to our combo today. I'm curious what you make of it. There is no, growing without hurting there's no loving without burning i believe that to be true and i'm trying to figure out how we move forward with love when we know that to be true mm. we know mm. that healing is going to hurt and I know that I'm going to hurt people. Yeah. I've hurt people and I'm, I'm going to continue to hurt people. And people are going to hurt me. And that's something that I'm wrestling with. Because it is, it is sad. But also something peaceful in it. And there's, yeah. a, there's a lot to, to... I feel like I'm wrapping my hands around a really big thing there. Um, <laughs> At least the way I interacted with the lyric, it feels very. Um, I see the, the the nature parallels in my mind, like as mm. like uh, trauma on on trees is both a sign of uh, of trauma, but also of growth. Like 
mm. fire is a part of the natural world. Like like the, these forces of destruction are the forces of creation. Mm. Um, in you know this natural world of which we are a mm. part. Like we've been saying, like we mm. are all part of this organism, and so that resonates to be true to me when I look at it through that lens. Um, and it's you know it's kind of easy to take that in when I'm like out on a walk with some trees or whatever. It's harder to take that in when it's like, you know, me and my friend and there's some growing and there's some hurting. How, like how do, how, for some reason in my mind, those worlds are so far apart when, well, they're not. Yeah. I used to, um, <laughs> I used to, this is corny. I used to keep this fortune cookie fortune in my phone case which is a very... I love that. That's iconic. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> and, <it's, laughs> and it said, um, it said the reward for having feelings is great joy. Um, and I was like, okay, go off fortune cookie because that to me feels so like, you know, you can cut yourself off and you can hold yourself back and you can say like, well, I don't want to feel the bad thing. Um, or I don't want to feel the pain. I don't want to feel the burn. I don't want to feel, you know, the, the hurting. Um, but that, you know, it, you've got to feel something. And that the thing that is, you know, when we think about like bad feelings, bad, you know, oh, that hurts, that is painful. Um, that to me, like what is bad about it is that we like do not want it to be happening all the time. Like it is, there's something about the the feeling that's like, this is not where I want to stay. Um, but that does not mean, like, there also is something about, you know, when you talk about like, literally getting that like endorphin rush and that like, oh, like I, there's something painful and like that has mm. like <laughs> gotten a chemical reaction out of the brain. Mm. That there is something to that, that like, you know, that just because it is not something that we want to live in all the time does not mean that it is without you know, benefit. It doesn't mean that it's without, uh, you know, learning. It doesn't mean that it's, it's something that we should never feel. Um, and uh, embracing that that just is a part of it. And that part of how, you know, part of that, that loving is not just burning or that loving is not just burning in a way that is bad. And in a way that like is unpleasant, um, and sometimes it is unpleasant, but other times it's not. Um, and, you know, you can go for the net zero. You can go for the, okay, well, let me not get too much positive or negative, too much, like, really good or really hurtful, painful. But, like, then you're missing out on the good stuff. And, and, and there's no way to just get to the good stuff without the bad stuff. Which, like, that, right. yeah, it is a little cliche, but, like, it is true that it that it all is part of the same thing. It's all part of the same organism. I couldn't agree more, and that's what I struggle with because I. Another way to say it is. Normalize pain. I, I mean, I, you know, like. It's so hard, but it's almost like. I, I, it's, let me talk for myself, and because it, it, it has to do with being untrigger, becoming untriggerable. It's the same mentality. It's like. Nothing has to hurt. You know, I, I just I just mm. read actually in the book we're reading, Kenyon, I just read a part that talks about suffering and he talks about suffering as um, the product of 
pain and resistance is what he talks about. Huh. Mm. And so if you bring the resistance factor down to zero, it becomes a zero and you don't have to suffer. And he specifically is talking about this in the context of he's sort of explaining how to deal with pain or physical discomfort during your meditation and sort of separating the physical thing that you're having and the reaction that your mind is having. Now, this, yeah. that, 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 that gets much more complicated when we're talking about, like, severe differences and inequalities on material realities, you know what I mean? Right, like, sure. oh, just, like, stop resisting the fact that you have no food. Like, well, you know, I mean, and I think that that points to what you mentioned earlier about safety, Kenyon, is kind of the same mm-hmm. the idea. That said, and I do think this is a privilege, that I am at a place where I am trying to get my resistance down to a zero. And that, that is the, my ability to arrive where I've arrived is absolutely inextricably linked to my privilege. Mm, mm. And here I am trying to yeah. suffer less. And I believe that my reduced suffering will reduce suffering in the world. Yeah. I mean, it does. <laughs> Because you're here, you are in the world. I think so. Um, to put it in conversation with that idea of like, you know, there are types of suffering that are that are very different. That you know, not all. I think that it illuminates that not all suffering is the same, and that a lot of the things that we are that we call suffering or that we are used to like paying a lot of attention to as suffering is like, Oh no, we can deal with this in a different way. Like this is a different type of problem Mm -hmm. at a different level of urgency at a Mm -hmm. different, you know, this is a different thing than, you know, other, other types of, you know, inequality, inequity, you know, systemic issues that, that people have to face. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I very much feel like, like systems of oppression are dis displaced sufferings of those in power onto those not in power mm. and and the privilege is the fact that you can think that you are displacing that suffering it's still happening well and i'm not sure if this is what you're saying but mm. I, I, this is maybe controversial but i think the people who are in power are suffering i think yes. donald trump is suffering yes I'm, I'm I think right white there people with you. Are, yeah, I think white people are suffering. I think men are suffering. It is fucking hard though, right? Because uh, the, the 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 social justice person in, inside of me says, bitch, shut the fuck up. White people are not suffering. You know what I mean? Like, like talk to me about white people suffering when there's access to school and clean water and healthcare and jobs, et cetera. I very much... That's exactly what I was trying to get towards with with the dis- displacement of suffering because like yeah when I look at when I look at you you called out Donald Trump yeah I'm like I feel like I'm looking at someone who is suffering and the way that he is choosing to deal with it is by externalizing that and that becomes oppression you know right, and so right. it's like yes we do actually have to look at this these material sufferings of the poor and the marginalized because, but when we do, we find that the problem is back with those in power and that the healing actually must must take place for them. Because, I I mean, Black people have a rich tradition of, of healing their own selves from this displaced suffering, which is found in the music that you love, right? Like, this music, gospel, soul, comes out of, it's that alchemy. Um, yeah. And I just went on a little tangent there at the end, but... 
No, no. Yes to all. It's it's very much that thing of <laughs> when when someone is like, oh well, you know, you shouldn't you shouldn't wear that because for whatever reason, and you're kind of like, oh well, why shouldn't that person wear that? And they're like, well, I couldn't wear that. Like if I wanted to wear that, I wouldn't be able to. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like what? Did, so so you're saying because you're having a bad time because you can't do the thing that you want to do. That someone else also cannot do that, like, that literally is, you know, I, like, I am suffering and therefore other people must also suffer as I suffer. Hemi and I have another mantra we've been kind of joking and using a lot, which I, I love, which is, I'm annoyed with you and it's my problem. Mm. 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 You know, like. <laughs> yeah. And it really is that way. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah. is often that way. Yeah. <laughs> When it's I'm, like, you are pissing me off, and that's something that I have to figure out. <laughs> it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> right, right. Mm. Wow, that's responsibility. That's... That one? Yeah. The, um, yeah. Showing up to, it's to your version. own life. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's again around, for me, how my healing is, like, Becoming untriggerable. Like, I'm annoyed with you. That's my problem. I want to I want to make myself not annoyable. Mm-hmm. You know? It's hard, though, because then what if that person keeps annoying you at a certain point? You got to have... I also, like, boundaries are good things, I do think. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, well, this has just been absolutely fantastic. Oh, you guys, this is so fun. I, I feel like I, we, I, I could go in a million directions. I feel like you, we could chat all night. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, there's much le- that has been left untouched, but maybe that just yeah. means that another time down the road. Another time is shall be had, yeah. Um, absolutely. Queer, I mean, yeah, I want to I know. About, we haven't even told you, you talked about gay shit. Like, Yeah, what... Tell us something gay. <laughs> tell, us something, tell us something really gay right now. Oh my god! <laughs> the thing that comes to mind, I cannot tell you until we stop recording. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Uh, um, gosh, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> as the great Brandy once said on 106 and Park, we need the audience to buy the album. Um, mm. <laughs> which means, uh, go find. Michael on your favorite streaming platform. Give him a stream, give him a save. Mm-hmm. Um, because the music is good. As I said, I've been listening this whole time. I never stopped. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And also give him a follow at what's your mm-hmm. Instagram? M Bloom Music. And it's B-L-U-M-E, like you and me. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to tell people Judy Bloom was my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll count that as the gay shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's the gay shit. So funny. Yeah, I don't know, guys. Like my, (laughs) like I feel like my wrap up is just to anyone who's listening. Take a breath. Be here right now, wherever you are. Feel your breath in your body. You know, it's an endless energy. Your body is not you. Your trauma is not you. Your fears are not you. You are more than any of us can even fully understand. And 
and, and, and find joy in the awe that you should bring yourself because you're awesome. Thank and you guys scene. so much for coming out. It's been a pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. You're awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome is it? We could have a whole podcast about the word awesome, which I oh. is one of my favorite words. Mm-hmm. We love that you love, we love that. This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him. With music by Sophia Campomore and art by Griffin Keller. Drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Bye. There's a there's a lot of answers to that. <laughs> I'm thinking. Do we want to talk about psychedelics? <laughs> it wasn't on we- the list. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the list is just a guideline. The list is just here to jump off of. Only if you want to talk about it. No, no, okay, I'll jump in, yeah.